0: thanks for joining us on our podcast we are more than menopause Allie and i have been best friends since we were 14 and have always leaned on each other through our entire life cycles throughout our friendship we relied on advice from authors and books like judy bloom and as we got older we read the girlfriend's guide to pregnancy when we raised our daughters we read girlology but we found that during midlife there was no guide so we went back to each other and realized we had to be the guides and then we thought hmm, what do other people do that don't have a girlfriend to chat with so here we are, your girlfriends guiding you through, sharing what we've learned, our trials, our tribulations, the nitty-gritty, not-so-pretty parts, and all the ways we can embrace this stage of our life. Because ladies, we are more than menopause. Good morning. Yes. Welcome to We podcast. Are More Than Menopause, our podcast. It's so good to have you here today. Okay. What would you like to talk about? I don't know if everybody knows
1: that you are a licensed um, psychotherapist. I am really lucky to have you as my best friend because I use her as a best friend, but uh, she's able to counsel me and give me really sound advice. Now, sometimes, you know, she's a little biased because she loves me, but it's always really good. And, and I feel like as a podcaster, that you are able to really give some sound advice because you've been doing this for a long time. So. What I wanted to talk to you about today is I wanted to ask you, how do you know the difference between depression and menopause depression? Is it menopause or is it depression? It's actually a good question. I, because I have been on antidepressants for years. And actually it was about perimenopause when I think about it, because that's when my anxiety was off the charts. It's crazy. And that's the one thing they did for me is they put me on antidepressants and um, made me feel better. You know, I felt normal again. So now that I'm postmenopausal and now that I'm taking you know supplements and taking care of my body and HR having those things in my life, is it time to wean myself off
0: those? Because it scares me. Yeah, I know, and I completely understand. And I think it's so interesting that you say that now looking back, you recognize that you started feeling symptoms of depression when you were in mm-hmm. perimenopause. Long pyramid, perimenopause. Right. which your doctor didn't even acknowledge either. No, but I was right. only
1: 38 years old. Right. But really early. We so, were... they did, so, so I was it, not until you stop your period at 42, 43. Can you look back and go, Oh
0: yeah, that's probably what that was. But, but, you know, if you had the right doctor and you were talking about all your symptoms, right, right, right. so the hope but, is that that's the right doctor. I I mean, I,
1: I, I do talk not. very
0: freely about going to also a, a woman, OBGYN, when I was living in New Jersey and went to her talking all about my anxiety and my stress and my sadness and I was having I mean I was having a regular periods but I spent my entire life having a regular period. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a period for 18 months before I got pregnant. Like it mm-hmm. full on 18 months. So I you know it was for me that wasn't such an issue but I, you know I was in the midst of my mom was really sick and my kids like whatever mm-hmm. and I went to the doctor and she said, "Oh, you know, yeah, I here, take some, take an antidepressant. And I looked at her and I was like, I know what depression is. And I'm not, I'm not depressed. I'm not happy. I'm struggling. I feel anxious. I have all of these different things happening in my life. She didn't hear me. She really didn't hear me. And she didn't yeah. take a full history. Like when you talked about going to longevity Health, right. and, you know, you got a full, full history. history, right? Uh, Everything from soup to nuts. Right. And that's really what you want in a doctor is to give you a really comprehensive evaluation. But the truth is that our our hormones do affect our moods. Oh, you yeah. know, I I think so much about like the fact that women typically get divorced very often at this time of our lives, right?
1: Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Definitely. You know,
1: men, have, men when they're going to have they have affairs earlier, but women. Right
0: women struggle later. Yeah, this is the time. Yes, because we struggle, we struggle emotionally. And so that, you know, I, I feel like there's a difference between sadness and depression, right? Right? Is it affecting your sleep? Is it affecting your eating? Is it affecting the people around you? Is it affecting your ability to function every day? And there really are, a lot of very big overlaps between depression and symptoms of menopause, Mm -hmm. there really are. And so part of that is we do need to get hormone panels and we do need to see what's missing. And if you go on hormones or bioidentical hormones, when I say hormones, I mean both, then is it addressing that sadness? Is it addressing? The depressive feelings, you know, a, like a true major depression, people. Some people don't get out of bed. Right. Some people stay secluded in in their rooms, and they don't eat, and they don't interact. And
1: I, I've I, never been at that point,
0: right? So I, my oldest daughter uh, makes it very clear that she has suffered from depressive episodes since she was late high school, early college, and she used to have a podcast called Get Out of Bed, Get Out of Your Head. And Mm -hmm. so she, there were times when she was going through a depressive episode where she didn't get out of bed for days at a time. And that, you know, is a clinical depression. Right. And so that's part of the things that you can look at to know, how is it impeding my daily life? So what I'm hearing is that there's
1: clinical depression, which is depression, not sadness. And then there's life instances that will bring anxiety because something traumatic has happened or something sad has happened. Those are, and those are real feelings, right? And a but, real emotional response to that. Right. A real emotional response to that. So I'm feeling like I don't have clinical depression or anxiety. I feel that. My hormones are at a place where they're being regulated um, with bioidenticals. What's the therapeutic way to get off
0: of these? So you, you're, you got to do it the right way. You got to do it with your physician, right? So it, it's a decision that you make with your physician, just stopping antidepressants. Oh, because yeah, no, you think that your that. hormones are balanced. That'll oh. create all kinds of issues, including right. withdrawals. Right. So you definitely want to do it under the guise of a nurse practitioner or physician and whoever is prescribing is hopefully the person that can help you get off of it. But, but you work with somebody who keeps in close contact with you, who you can talk about how you're feeling. And, you know, I think part of it also, the anxiety is so real because when you have been depressed before, You Mm -hmm. understand that there is a fear of never feeling typical again, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Never coming out of it, never feeling happy again. And so uh, it makes sense that there's anxiety about getting off of a medication, but like you said, your hormones are balanced now and you keep in touch with your physician, with your nurse practitioner and You have the ability to reach out on a regular basis if there's something wrong. And that's, by the way, also a sign of a good practitioner where you do have the ability to contact them when there's something that feels off and you you're doing it the right way.
1: So what let's say that I start titrating off, right? And I'm going Mm -hmm. down, I'm working with my longevity health practitioner, who's been wonderful. And I will be addressing this with them on my next um, meeting. But what kind of things, what kind of therapy or support should I be looking for to get me through because there's going to be I'm going to have to be in touch more with my feelings now to see if it's working or if it's not working or or what do you suggest? What would you do with a
0: patient? Here's what I would do even with myself, right? Mm You talk about self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So I would start journaling at night. How was my day? What did I feel like? Where where were my struggles? Right. I would journal, I would start journaling in the morning. There's something called a gratitude journal. And so it talks about shifting your mindset. You love journals, Allison. I love journals. <laughs> I don't know if you fill them every day. I have every every time I show you, it's a different one too. <laughs> I love it. Now, day. do you journal about your feelings? No, no. Right. So you write in all your to do things, all your things that you're journals all my to do on my to-do lists. And right.
1: well, I'm very happy when I get to check them off.
0: Yes, but I know. You know that's your day favorite day. thing to do. So that's one of the things that I would encourage you to do is I would encourage you to start your morning with a gratitude list. Just take, take five minutes to yourself with your cup of coffee and sit at the kitchen table, sit someplace quiet, sit outside and get a little bit of sun on your face in the morning. Just take five to 10 minutes and just write about your, your gratitude. And so you shift your mindset into a positive mindset for the day. And what steps are you going to do today to make it a good day? Mm. So that's the first thing that I would do.
1: Gratitude. And then what am I going to do today to make it a good day?
0: Yeah. My list of things to do. No, ma'am. It is not your list of things to do. Right. It could be something like I am going to uh, start my day and embrace people with love. Right. So if there's a conflict with somebody at work, I am going to show up and with a positive smile on my face. That's how I'm going to show up today. And hmm. it could be small steps. At the end of your day, I would stop using a screen about 30 minutes before I go to sleep. Mm. Right. And I would pick up either a book or I would pick up my journal and I would write how I'm feeling today. How was my day? How are my emotions? How did I feel? And I think that's really important because I think we don't talk about our feelings. We, you are a big to do person. Mm -hmm. You are a doer. Mm -hmm. And I think stopping. We are human beings, not human doings. <laughs> and so I would tell you to be a human being in those moments and feel what you feel. and That's okay. And that, not only okay, but so helpful.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so important. Fun,
1: and I'm sure it has a lot to do with, you know, I'm learning a lot about showing up for myself. And that's one thing that this time in my life right now is, is that I'm embracing that this is the self-care, you know, and I've been, you know, exercising on a daily basis and going to the gym and, you know, where before it was like, oh, I can't, I got kids, I got to get to school, I've got to do this, I got to do that, I've got to get to work, blah, 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 blah. And I would never fit it in because I wouldn't fit it in for myself. And now that I fit it in on a routine basis, when I'm not doing it, it's, you know, I feel it. And I think that with that journaling, I think I need to show up, but it has to be consistent in order for it to work, I would assume, because yes. otherwise it's easy. I've tried and I've stopped and I've tried and I've stopped. I think it's, i to have to commit to that. That's my doer part, but yeah. um, to just to be able to do it and try to do it consistently. And I think I can see
0: growth from that. Um, I want you to remember, it is, you are a human being, Allison, and mm-hmm. not a human doing, and you don't talk about how you feel a lot, unless you're like really mad about something. Yeah. Have, well. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think it's really important for you to, to write it down. And I think that your girlfriends are really important. I think self-care is also about going and having fun. Yeah. And being willing to risk doing something new. I think that's all part of the adventure of, mm-hmm. of this time of our life. And then if I'm, if, if anybody else is like
1: me and trying to weed down some of these antidepressants and you find that you're, you're not able to go do those things and you're not able to function, then there, then that means that there's more to the story than yes. Than just hormones. So I yeah. don't discount that, you know, depression and anxiety is real and it, and it needs professional help. But I am willing to try to titrate down on some of them because I take a lot. I mean, so right. because I have one for sleep, but I have one for daytime and I have one for nighttime,
0: you know. You have a more complicated medical history. Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do really feel like for the first time in so long, you are being listened to and yeah. you are listening to your body. Yes. And I think that's really important. And you have the right medical team with you. Right. And that's key. And so by the way, going off of it and feeling anxious is okay. Right. So That's going to make me not want to go off of (laughs) them. I I know. But if you can see how long that, that feeling lasts, and if you can talk about it, and if you can journal and you can make some tweaks in maybe your supplements and talk to your doctor about that at your exercise and how you eat and see how that all affects you. And if there's no change and you're still feeling like it's actually impeding your ability to function Mm -hmm. every day, then go back on medication. Yeah. Right. There's no reason for us to be miserable. No, there's not. There's no reason. And I remember when I first went to a doctor to get bioidenticals, I remember he said to me, I need you to tell me when you are uncomfortable and unhappy because life is too short for that. And we wow. can fix that. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And just that, knowing that. And
1: as women, isn't it been our mantra
0: to just suck
1: it up and do it anyway? Of course. Of but, course. You know, and we protect everyone
0: it. else from our, our thoughts and our feelings. And yeah. we don't want to infringe on anybody else's life. And I remember when I had first started going through I had told you this, that when I first started going through perimenopause, I was talking to my husband and I was really struggling and he looked at me and he was like, yeah, I'm having, I, I'm stressing about, you know, this new business I'm starting and I really can't handle your menopause right now. Can you just put that on hold? And right. So, and my husband is the most generous loving yeah. person, but he really could not handle my struggles. And so for me, that was code for suck it up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't come to me, suck that's it up. That. Yep. Figure it out. And and I I know you've got this. And so it was years later when I said to him, like, for me, that meant that you can't handle my struggles. Mm. That was what it meant. And he looked at me the other night and he said to me, I am really sorry. I handled that so wrong. And I said, You know, that's this is the first time you've ever said that. My husband is unbelievable. I love me more than anything. Right. But he apologized because he said, that was so wrong with me. Mm. Like I know. Well, and it also <laughs> it also
1: is that you know, as, as we go through this process we're learning to speak up for ourselves that we haven't for many years because everybody else was more important Pam. Right. It's just the way it was. Our kids are more right. important. Our husband's more important. Our career's more important. Everything else is more important. And now we get to go you know what? I value myself.
0: I'm important too. So, here's what I would say to the next generation, right? To our daughters, I would say you are fucking important now. Absolutely now. And so, you find your voice now. now. And they're doing it, though. They are better than we did. They are much better
1: than we are.
0: But they're doing it better. But
1: they also haven't started having families and the ups and downs of families. And I think that that changes things, you know? Did you put that little baby in your arms? And I don't
0: know. Yes, we become <laughs> less yeah. important, and they become more important. Absolutely. Yes. But for you, I would say is embrace who you are today and your your journey, and be Allison. Be. Thank you, Pam. And and that's not just
1: for me. That's for everybody out there, um, Pam. are, our, our wise, kind therapist says you know we're not just doers we can we can be beers too and just be yeah and, and look forward to the stage in our life where we can discover ourselves again yeah all right well all right mama you. all right and um, i believe next week we have a guest speaker so a guest interview so it'll
0: be exciting too yeah. all right all right Allie. bye bye guys